Hello everyone, Matthew. So, this podcast has been on my hard drive for a couple of weeks now, and unfortunately uh, it was supposed to come out the week of my stag do, I was a little bit hungover, and then I clean forgot about its existence. So, I'm dropping it now, a day before you will hear a regular Tom and Matt attack from me and Mr. Parry, but until then, I hope you enjoy this one. Ta-ra! TRP! Oh, Matthew Boyle. That should be like a racing company. You should start your own racing brand and just call it TRP. Trip. Yes, exactly. TRP. Tripping. Sounds man. good. It could stand for turbo um, revving petrol. And no. I would have gone with like total <laughs> racing systems oh. or something along those lines myself. Well, you can't system. It's a P. <laughs> oh, I got it! Total racing precision. Total racing precision, yeah, that's true. It's Tom Matt Attack. Total, Total racing precision. precision. Yeah, boy. Nothing has defined our brand so openly as those words. You're yeah. right. You're right, Tom. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you, Matt? I'm good. I'm a little bit sleepy. I wouldn't lie, but other than oh, that, it's yeah, all good. Because it's the end. We'll record this on a different day. We are. We're going to make this very transparent for everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to go up today probably as well <laughs> uh, because I was in a, a city called Copenhagen, Copenhagen, to the locals at the mm. weekend, and then it's Mustagdu this coming weekend, so this is a transitionary podcast. It's somewhere in between the two. So, yeah, yes. we thought we'd do one in the middle of the week, do so one. we missed t- didn't miss two weeks in a row, so this is that podcast. This is that podcast. It is. Tom Barry. So the, the quest- Sorry, no, I was going to... Go on. I was going to say to you, have you been playing anything in the <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I was trying to beat you to it because, <laughs> you know... Uh... <laughs> I've been desperately trying to think what I have been playing, to be honest. Okay. Well, I, I took a, a jolly to Copenhagen, so my yeah. my playtime in this week has been rather limited. However, I did pick up quite a few games while in Copenhagen, just because there was a, a wonderful store called Ruben and Bobby that we know of. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, so I went there, and I had a look around, and I was like, oh, this is nice. Look at that. There's games. Core. And oh, you bought some things. Didn't I you, did Matthew? buy some things, Thomas. I, I also, I don't think you can go there and not buy something because I remember the prices being okay, and I got a couple of uh, quite cheap games from there when I was. Yeah, there was. I visited. There was a few things that were like of market value or slightly uh-huh. higher that I was like, ah, oh, I don't really. This is just a label upgrade, or this is. Something I'm probably not going to play, or I don't really need that much. Are you? Here's a question, Matt. Are you big into the idea of label upgrades? I'm not, but at the same time, if I uh, if I see something dead cheap, I yeah. will get something if my label yeah. is completely, absolutely bollocks. Uh, I did it with Castlevania Legend. I got the option to 
upgrade a label that was essentially a non-label to for 20 quid. Yeah, yeah I can definitely see the reasoning behind that when it's because I, I know what your copy of Castlevania looked like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, whereas, uh, for example, if there's like pen or something on the label, I don't really care. Like if it says something, it's character, name. isn't it? It's character. Exactly. Uh, so as long as it works is usually my um, reckoning on that. Yeah, exactly. And as long as it functions, as long as it looks relatively clean, as long as I can check the pins and look and go, okay, this is probably going to work. Then I'm I'm all yeah. good with it. Yeah. Uh, but. I will have a look at stuff, and there are some Game Boy cartridges in my head. None as bad as that Castlevania Legends copy was, because if those of you want to see it, go to my biographic YouTube, and there's a video of my collection, and you'll see it was literally Is a... Is that the one that we filmed together? Yes, it was. Yes. Watched that again recently. Tis but a slither of a label, <laughs> and so I upgraded it when I got the chance, because it was 20 quid, and that's a good price yeah. for a copy of that game anyway. Um... So I looked through what was there, and they had one big like Tupperware thing that had a a selection of Japanese and bootleg titles at three oh, for a hundred like right street. So I went, that's me rubbing my hands together for the listening audience at home, and I dive right into that. And a lot of it was just your usual like two hundred and sixty one in one carts and this kind of thing. Sure. Um, which I actually featured recently on another biographic about Tailgater. And I was... Very good, yeah. Thank you. I was I was looking through that, and the only one of those that caught my eye was there was a Rockman collection. It was like 291 Rockman games in one, which, of course, it isn't. It's like the five Mega Man games and then one or two other things like Alleyways and Tennis. But uh-huh. it's kind of nice to have a cartridge with all the Mega Man games on it. So I was like, okay, cool. That can come with me. Then some yeah. of the other stuff I picked up were were very interesting things. There was uh, one of the Sachin 4-in-1 games that I didn't own. Uh, and then some weirdly suspicious Pokemon bootlegs, such as Super Pikachu Land, which... Have a guess what that is, Tom. Super Pikachu Land. Uh, Super, it's Super Mario Land with Pikachu in. Damn right it is. Hey, I've also got that uh, Pokemon game. Uh, it was a Famicom bootleg, uh, but it was uh, Felix the Cat with pokemon in yes so i picked that up that's all right um pikachu shoots little lightning bolts instead of um fireballs there is some actual attention to detail on the enemy replacement as well as like pidgeys and stuff which is kind of nice well this sounds as long as it's perfectly playable yeah it doesn't look and it doesn't look horrid no i mean it's essentially the sprite is the pikachu sprite from pokemon yellow that follows you Oh, and then, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's cute. Yeah, all that really happens to it when you like get a power-up mushroom or whatever is it becomes slightly bigger, and then they invert the colours when you get a fireball. So that's all uh-huh. you really need uh-huh. to do. Um, that was all right. I picked up a game called Pokemon Adventure, which is a syntax game, and that's a bit odd. I only played it for a minute or two because it was really janky, and I died a lot after doing Samus Aran-style backflips. Uh, as as a elongated Pikachu, so that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, and what else did I get? They had oh, they had a Digimon game, which is always a good laugh. For what? For the Game Boy what format, bootleg Game Boy. Oh, this yeah, is yeah, it's, bootleg, a, it's another syntax title. And yeah, yeah. then, uh, surprisingly, in this pile, they also had some games that had uh, less than stellar labels, shall we say. And so I looked at some of these games and I was like, well, these must just be in here because the labels are knackered. 
And uh, so as part of this 3 for 100 krona, I got a copy of Kirby's Tilt and Tumble, the American one. I know it. I've got the Japanese copy, I think. You do, because it's a lot cheaper. Um, yes. And this one, actually, where Kirby is, someone's written their name, which is Clark. So it's Clark Tilt and Tumble is actually the version oh, I have. But that's, that's fine, because it plays all that's right. That's cute. Yeah, and I take my Game Boy camera with me to Copenhagen anyway, as I sometimes do, mm. to shoot some on the Game Boy camera. And it, I have the Sidewinder device, which is a, a little thing that plugs into the back of the Game Boy Advance SP. Let's you face the camera up the right way so you can take photos with your SP. That yeah. came in extremely handy to play Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Because otherwise, the cartridge would be upside down, and therefore I would have to like try and play it upside down. It did not just work. Kirby Tilt and Tumble, Tom, has a gyroscope in it. Yes. Yes, but yes, you need to lean to... you need to lean the Game Boy in the direction you want to go. So if you're playing on an uh, SP, the cartridge would be upside down. So you'd need well, to I know lean this, forward to go but back. I haven't had any problems playing the WarioWare tilting game on a Game Boy uh SP. I have it's actually it's got an SP on the cover of the, the box. Yeah. And you do put it in the bottom and it works. Maybe it's the opposite way around with that game. Maybe it was designed for the SP. Maybe. I also assume that, if I remember right, that cartridge has got the motor at the back, right? So maybe it's got some kind of way to self-write. Who knows? This Okay. The one yeah. in Kirby is literally on the board. Um, uh, so, yeah. Right, yes, it has, got, it has got an extra little bulge where the uh, motor is in there. So. Yeah, but that's a, a fun little game. I was a bit weary about flipping my AGS 101 a bit too much, just in case the hinge broke. Uh, but I did get a little sense of the game, and I quite enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember it was one I played for a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's novel. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, other than that, I picked up the Game Boy Color port of Magical Drop, which is a, a quite a good I know that. Game Boy Color game. It's a, like a... SNK puzzle game. Yes, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got that, and that's a very good port of that game. I also have Magical Drop 3 for the PS1, which is the PlayStation equivalent to that home port. And I picked up a copy of Deadly Skies by Konami, which is a like an overhead yeah. kind of Star Fox perspective flying game. Isn't that on the Dreamcast? As it well? is indeed, and also on the yeah. PlayStation, I believe, or PlayStation okay. Two. Yeah, but yeah. it's that weird era of Game Boy Color games where later stuff was trying to be like a hundred and twenty-eight bit game in on a, an eight-bit handheld. But it's not supposed yeah. to be too bad. So have you got that um, Suzuki motorcycle racing game for the Game Boy? Yes. Color. I do. Yes, because that's based on a Dreamcast game. Yes, I think. and then they Plays okay. They start doing yeah. like crazy parallaxy scrolly things, right? They get really detailed backgrounds that you're kind of driving into. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was, I remember it being quite fun. Anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of games that I got on the Game Boy when they really realised how to push that hardware. Things get really interesting, yeah. like Toy Story Racing, uh, where everything looks like a photo, like a really pixelated photo in the background, and then oh. you're driving a sprite around in Mario Kart. Yeah, I seem to have a vague recollection of maybe playing that or seeing you play it. I you did, and you seemed very yeah. impressed by it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was a good trip. Um, I also you found... didn't just go to pl- uh, buy Game Boy games. Though. No, like, I didn't. Was, the, was um, that the purpose? No, or? the purpose was uh, my fiance Marta needed to vote in the Hungarian election, uh, so oh, okay. she needed so to travel the... to the embassy. <laughs> so I I made the trip like a little bit about going to buy some games so i did yes oh that's, that's good I also it's found... a cool atmosphere in there yeah yeah shop. it is though less stuff than when we were there last because i think the ah. last time i was there was with you 
Yeah, and could have been just a lot less variety, I would say. Like a lot of stuff still, it was still crammed, but not so many little like a weird obscurities. More common it's a, titles. It's a place where you can only have a route around, wasn't it? And That's you still can. You, there is definitely yeah. like you could still spend a couple of hours in there and find something amazing. I think. Yeah. But I just think the selection, obviously, as time has gone by and more and more people have become aware of the shop, I think people are also just buying things and then keeping hold of them and, and not trading them back in. And this is a shop where you can get a haircut as well while you're playing a video game. Yeah, and actually I'm kind of surprised that the shop is still open because I imagine the owner is loaded now, having been the first person in Denmark to take Bitcoin. So I imagine he's probably got quite a few of them tucked away and he probably made quite a bit of money from that. So... Yeah, actually, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd heard some rumblings about the Bitcoin, but I actually haven't read about it. Well, has there been a recent... Oh, God. So I'm going to talk about this super quick. Like, a couple of months back, even our, uh, one of our colleagues, uh, who you may or may not have gone to watch a certain TV show with on a Monday evening, had invested in Bitcoin oh, yes, and come yes. off quite well from it. Uh, it, had, it had really spiked in price. Like, when I was in university i remember like bitcoin being like maybe like 100 quid for a couple of them and then it had gone to epic proportions where like one bitcoin was worth a couple of thousand dollars like hundred thousand dollars not that much but like twenty thousand (laughs) dollars or something at its peak and so people were cashing out and like people who'd bought 100 bitcoins for bugger all like i remember at one stage it was like a tenner for like 100 bitcoins i'd suddenly become overnight millionaires and just sold all their bitcoin and then made out like a bandit but of course. Oh, well, I wish I'd have done that. <laughs> yeah, but that would have meant you would have had to have bought Bitcoin like when you were in your like late teens. It was a very oh, long time okay. ago that happened. So at that point, what could you use Bitcoin for? Well, you could just buy things. Like a few shops were taking them, but they weren't really a thing. You could buy stuff online. That was a pen drop in, and. <laughs> That was about it, really. It was. Uh, it became quite valuable because it was the money of hackers, almost. It's an anonymous cryptocurrency. So okay. people were, like, hacking people's computers and going, oh, well, it costs five Bitcoin to lose your computer because there's no paper trail with it. So people were just taking these money and currency. And then oh. it became a mainstream media thing where people were like, oh, my God, we should invest in this Bitcoin because this is the money of the future. And then it all kind of fell apart, so don't have to worry about it anymore. But it's still worth quite a bit. Wow. Okay. Thanks for explaining. You know, I haven't been keeping tabs on that no, at all. No, it's so, okay. Uh, yeah. It's news to me. Yeah. I hope that I'm not the only one here who knows nothing about Bitcoins. I think you might be. It's that big a thing that has kind of come and gone already. But anyways, okay. um, after that, I found another shop actually in Copenhagen that I'd never seen before called Annie Merch. Um, anime stuff. It is, is it? anime stuff. However, they did have a very good selection of video games. Uh, oh, good. Pricing was a little bit all over the place. I I went there and they had a pile of Game Boy stuff in a box, like most places, and Game Boy Color stuff and Game Boy Advance all separated out. Had lots mm. of nice PS1 and PS2 games, uh, like Rapid Reload for the PS1, and some of the stuff you don't tend to see for the PS2 very often, like uh, Silent Hill for The Room and Okami and all of these like solid titles that admittedly aren't the rarest but like you could tell that it was someone's collection who collected games the same way mm. that perhaps we would a very cultivated collection mm. sure and the game boy advance games and the game boy color games were literally the 
like the pinnacle of Nintendo stuff. So yeah. there was Mario. There was lots of copies of Mario Tennis and Mario Golf and Super Mario Brothers Deluxe for the Game Boy Color. Uh, there were lots of copies of the Mario games and a few Metroid twos and stuff for the Game Boy, and then the Game Boy Advance was full of things like Super Mario Three and Super Mario Land, which is surprising because, as common as those games are, you never really see them in abundance. No. So I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty interesting. There are all these games here. But they were priced in a. Yeah. Because I imagine Mario and Zelda and things always get quite pricey. Usually, right? So mm. I picked out a few Game Boy games and there were one or two that I was like, oh, I should have bought this at Ruben and Bobby yesterday. Well, it's here now. At least I have the price comparison in my head of what this should have cost me. And some of them were like ludicrously priced. Some of them were things like um, Piperus, which is a puzzle game, which isn't a rare Game Boy Color game. I see it all the time but never cheap enough for me to get it. It was like 30, oh, right. 40 kroner in Ruben or Bobby, and I should have picked it up. But he wanted okay. 150 for it. And I was like, Ooh, no, that's that, really yeah. expensive. However, Mario Tennis and Mario Golf were both 100 apiece, which is pretty reasonable from what I remember. I will fact check myself rather quickly. But <laughs> on my search for Mario Tennis, of course, made by Camelot uh, for the Game Boy Color, it's actually like a weird pseudo RPG. It's good. Yeah. Well, it seems to be around the tempo mark. It's all right. Like, I didn't get it anyways. eBay prices, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. that's what mostly it seemed to be. But not game store prices. Because usually when I see, like, Super Mario Deluxe, for example, I'm just going to yeah. quickly type this in. The eBay price for that is, yeah, again, around, like, 10 to 15 quid. But because Box he had such or, just um, loose. Cut loose but because he had such an abundance of them they were 50 so oh. and then i was looking through it and i was like okay so i i picked up a few things i got a box copy of tonic trouble uh the game boy advanced version of that by a studio called rfx which is quite an obscure game boy color game to find boxed uh carts go for more tonic than that trouble. familiar with the n64 game yeah uh the game boy color game's all right it's nothing special, to be honest, but I've never seen it's, it boxed, and I've. It's Ubisoft, isn't it? So it should be similar quality to Rayman. It is not Ubisoft. Uh, it is, as I said, it it's a Ubi French studio called RFX. Where oh, who sorry. Sourced it, um, and it's all right. But it was a ten a box, and I was like, okay, cool. I'll pick that up for under kroner. I got a copy of uh, Hugo, uh, which is a Crazy Castles game, boxed because my cart has no label. Um, and that book was boxed for 100 and I was like, well, why is Piperus 150 and these boxed Game Boy games are only 100 So Is it because it's a better game? I don't think so. I mean, no. Hugo's nothing special, but it's still a boxed Game Boy game in the, the 2018 we're living in where Game Boy games are astronomically priced. So things are a bit all over the place. Um, but I also got a uh, Mario... You know, the Don Mario and Donkey Kong SP, the one with the big M on the top, the red and oh, silver cool. one. Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I do know that one, yeah. I got that for 20 quid as well, and I've seen that go for a lot more. And in okay. Reuben and Bobby, so, I was debating picking up a lime green game by Color, which is a launch one, and that was 400. So All over the place. All yeah. over the place. Literally, it seemed to be... They were listed. You did have prices, even though the cartridges didn't have prices on them. But the prices seem to be all over the shop. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll I'll take that. I'll have it for 200 kroner. That's all right. So Ooh. 
You know, since you said lime green Game Boy, yeah, I'm like oh yeah, I do remember that. They're very nice. I don't have one. I have the box for a lime green Game Boy Color, but I don't actually have the Game Boy Color itself. I think I think my I was split between the turquoise and the lime green one I, when I got mine. I always wanted the teal one. However, my yeah, favorite, that's what I mean. yeah, yeah, teal, yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite color is purple. Uh, I purple and orange are my favorite colors. And if there had been an orange Game Boy Color, that's why I've always loved the spice orange GameCube and stuff because orange is my favorite color. I uh, so I got the purple one, and then I yeah, my purple one's kind of weird because I tried to case mod back before it was cool because I wanted the limited edition Pokemon Center. Uh, game by color and they a king cat in the back of official nintendo magazine had the kit for like four pound or something ridiculous so i bought it and i tried to do it and i could only replace the back because the front was a bit more fiddly for my all right 11 year old hands to handle so i never did the front so even as a wee nipper, you were customising Game Boys? Even as a wee child, that was fiddling <laughs> with the Game Boys. Yeah, so my Game Boy colour, I have no idea what the back of my purple Game Boy colour is. It's blue, which is the back of the case from the Game Boy, the Pokemon Centre Game Boy colour. Yeah. Hmm. It looks cool, though. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a unique uh, Game Boy nonetheless. Yeah, actually, I realised why I probably like that Game Boy so much that I wanted to buy it without paying ridiculous Japanese prices. I'll say it. oh, it's because it's an orange front. Sorry, I'll finish oh, that right, for yeah. first. But like, I just realised I'm just like that Game Boy was only a hundred quid in King Cat. I probably should have bought a few of those because um, the last <laughs> one I saw sell was for about a grand. So wow, <laughs> never mind. Live and learn, eh? Four well, pound we, to a hundred. <laughs> In hindsight, if only we'd have known. Yeah, tell really. me about it. I'd be sitting you know. pretty with all of my copies of Terranigma. Never mind. I mean, I remember when Tron Bon was in game for a couple of quid and I didn't buy himself a copy, even though I was thinking about it. I I bought that disc only not that long ago, if you remember. Yeah. God, it's not that yeah. long ago. That was like five years ago. That was before we started the podcast. God, where does the time go? Well, I, honestly, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I oh, don't know where Christ. the time's gone. Yeah, so that's enough of me being an old man yelling at the sea. Have you remembered well, what you played yet? Yes, you have given me time. You see, I've been thinking, as well as listening to you, uh, I've been thinking um, a little bit about what I have played. And I can tell you, I have played some games this week. Oh, really? First of all, a little story. Uh, I watched uh, Happy Feet 2 recently and rather enjoyed it. Right. And uh, having you know seen and enjoyed the original, uh, I had this copy of Happy Feet 2 just knocking around for ages and I watched it and I liked it. And okay. Thought, you know what? I want a Happy Feet game. Oh fuck, Tom! Really? I could have given. So, I have a Game Boy Advance Happy Feet game. I'm ninety percent sure that you are more than welcome to. It. It's fine. I got Happy Feet one and two for the Wii. Ooh. So I can tell you a little bit about Happy Feet one if you're at all interested in. <laughs> Is it a rhythm Feet. game? Is it a rhythm game? It's part rhythm game, part, part platformer, racing game, part collect 'em up. It begins as uh, you hatching out of your egg as Mumble, the baby penguin. Do you need to catch Uh, all the penguins? Well, what you do in this minigame, at least, is you come out of your egg and it's like Dance Revolution. You just have to swing the Wii remote in the direction it tells you to, to, in time with the music. It's pretty fun, actually. You know, I actually haven't played a rhythm game where it just asks me to move the Wii remote left, right, up, down like that yeah uh simple but but it's fun 
and it's got some good music on it. It's licensed tracks. I can't remember exactly what that track was, but it was it was fun. Next thing you have to do is uh, I think you do some swimming next. Right. So that involves just kind of tilting, holding the remote on its side, tilting it up and down to go deeper or go up the surface, left and right. Right. Um, sort of follow. Yeah, another penguin. I think it's your mother or your father through the the water, and then you've got sort of like a slalom game where it's similar controls, but you're going down a uh, a bank, yeah, sliding on your belly, and okay. then they complicate that a bit more later on when you've got to pick up collectibles, and it's all very straightforward stuff presented nicely, perfect kids game, uh, but Happy Feet Two, yeah, I'll move on to that now because. That's actually got a bit more going for it. It's got co-op gameplay. Right. One plays as uh, Mumble. One plays as I think he's Ramirez or something. The Robin Williams character, the little guy with the mohawk. I have the mohawk no penguin. idea. You've never seen. <laughs> anyway, I've never seen. So that you can, you can team up, and uh, you it's a lot plays a lot like the Lego games. You bash things, little notes come out. You collect the notes, but as you go through the level, there's other yeah. penguins you need to rescue. And to rescue the other penguins, you have to dance. Right. So you, you hold down a button and you dance for a certain amount of time. Some bigger penguins, you need to kind of time your button presses to get them to join you. And okay. then you have to get all the penguins to the goal at the end of the level. Right. It's simple, but in two-player at least, it's a lot of fun. I can't imagine it being as much fun on your own. But uh, it's very well presented. It's got really good graphics for a Wii game, actually. Because yeah. I, I had deliberated getting this on the 360 uh, but I ended up getting the Wii game for like three quid, so I was like, "Well, okay. let's just try it on the Wii first and see if it's all right." And it is; it is very well presented, and the graphics are very good. I would say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I I, I uh, lengthened my uh, Happy Feet experience by playing a couple of the the video games. Okay. I have to say, Happy Feet Two was probably uh, my favorite of the two. Although I did really like the the rhythm aspect of the original Happy Feet. Are you aware? Of who developed the Happy Feet game, the first one? A2M? Artificial Mind Media? No? Mind and Movement. You, mind and Movement. Do you know yeah. what else Artificial Mind I've and Movement I've played some developed? other games by them as well. Yeah, I have played. I can't remember which ones. Well, apart from a plethora of other licensed games, such yeah, as the Ant Bully and Monster House, um, yeah. the. They are actually a a team that you will probably know more of as Behaviour Interactive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who are the people who made Rango? They made Wipeout in the Zone. Uh, they made what's Wipeout in the Zone? It's an Xbox 360 game. Have you never have you never seen that? It's a Connect game. I'm quite surprised you haven't got that. It's um. Oh, I know. It's based it on is. Wipeout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I won't be sarcastic. I'll actually just jump to the the things they've actually developed. And this, <laughs> they did Fallout Shelter recently, and also they worked yeah. on Dante's Inferno, uh, the Xbox 360 game, yeah. as well I, as. I think they're certainly a very competent studio. It's just the kind of games they've they've worked on aren't those that really, you know, get much uh, acclaim, do they, or spoken well, I, about? They did also make Doritos Crash Course, so let's oh, give great them the game, of great game. You see, that that would prove you know their abilities. Yeah. And and Happy Feet Two is another developer, which I'm honestly I can't remember who they are or anything else that they've done, but it, I'd say it's it's a fun game. 
Yeah, hang on. It has a very... I tell you what's interesting about Happy Feet 2 as well, is you collect notes in the game. They're like the currency. And as you collect right. more and more notes, you can buy different levels to the songs. So every time you start um, a level, you can choose which song you want to listen to from your collection. Yeah. Right? And when you first buy a song, all it is is like a beat. Okay. Then you get a few more notes, and then you can choose to upgrade a song or buy a new song. If you upgrade a song, you get another level of instrumentation on the top. Okay. All the point to get like vocals, and you get the full song. You level up songs. Right. Now, if that's not unique gameplay mechanics, I don't know what is. You want to know why that's unique gameplay? Why Go Happy on. Feet 2 is probably a game worth most people's time, including my own. I've guessed who developed it, Tom. I can't. I don't know. I can't remember. A a great studio that is generally well regarded for licensed games. Yeah. Um, they they have made. <laughs> I I'm I'm asking you to guess. I'm trying to play. Oh, yeah, a well, game. I, I played a few uh, games by studios who licensed games, but uh, oh gosh, it's because it's uh, way Travelers forward Tales, technologies, Tom Parry. Uh, is it really? It is now I don't forward. think it's way forward on the Wii though. Oh, no, it isn't. You are right. No, it's developed by no. KMM Games for the PlayStation. Never heard of them. I know they're right, but WayForward made the 3DS and DS versions. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I have no idea who this studio is. I'm trying to look at <laughs> some division of Warner Brothers, so it probably became something else. I'm going to do a little bit of detective work. You bet you never thought you'd be talking about Happy Feet on the podcast. Right? I did not. <laughs> KMM Games is a video game studio started by famed movie director George Miller. Uh, oh, he is the guy who directed, directed Happy, Happy Feet. Feet. Yeah, so that makes sense. <laughs> that is so he's involved directly involved in the game, perhaps. The only two games the studio developed, and one of them didn't come out, uh, is Happy Feet Two. And the second game that, unfortunately, I cannot seem to click on because of a stupid pop-up ad is a game called Whore of the Orient, which never came out. Oh, there I was thinking you were going to say Mad Max because I was just imagining George Oh, Miller, no, perhaps. interesting. Um, it's the next game from some of the developers behind L.A. Noir, apparently. Oh. So that's really weird. Are they? So they made Happy Feet 2. I guess they... the studio didn't do anything else. And then, I'm not sure if this game is even still in production, though, I don't know. See, we've unearthed something interesting here that the internet's probably not talking about. Oh, no, I don't think it is somehow, because it says, um, <laughs> the the Wikipedia on Giant Bomb says, uh, The Whole of the Orient Wiki was last edited uh, in uh, the 6th of the 18th, I, 2013. So Are you saying Whore of the Orient? I am saying Whore of the Orient. As in Whore? Yes. With W-H... As in que oh, um, uh, questionably ill-reputed man or woman. Yes. Lady of the night. Or right. man of the night. Oh, well, yes, sorry. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, but that game apparently never came to be, and I'm not going to Google it on my work well, computer. Well, I'm, I'm incredibly interested now. <laughs> yes, please do some background research, Tom Parry. That's your homework for next week. Um, so, with those two games, I also picked up uh, Monopoly for the Wii. Okay. Is it Monopoly? You're going to ask what's happened to me, man. Do you what's pass, go, and collect £200? I've never played Monopoly for the Wii, though. I played it for the uh, PS3, and that was a fun experience. So I assume this is pretty much the same, only with waggles. What's happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got to redeem myself now. 
I, I can redeem myself. I'm waiting. Right, okay then. Uh, recently came to my attention there was a fighting game for PS1 based on the anime X, if you're familiar with that one. Yes, I am. Something manga pushed at, at the time. Yeah, uh, the I, like th- I like that anime. I've never I think seen it's it. So it's new... a clamp uh, anime, isn't it? So the, the, all the characters look particularly um, pretty boy, pretty girl, kind of eyelashes. Yeah, but there's this. like a there's a weird thing where they all fight in like a dome. So it makes yeah. perfect so sense. So it would le- lend itself to a fighting game. I've heard it's a lot like Psychic Force, which is... A psychic floaty, you know, you you would actually uh, fight in a cube in Psychic Force, yeah, and uh, you could move up and down and left and right within this 3D space. Now, I assume that's what the gameplay is is like on X. So I'm quite interested to play this. Yeah. So this was a Japanese game I got for about ten pounds, uh, including delivery, off off the internet mm-hmm. from Choco Games, based in France. Ooh la la. And- um. Yeah. Is this a, a Japanese only release? I'm sorry. The, to to my knowledge, yes, it was okay. only uh, a Japanese release. And as is the next game that I picked up, it's about twelve pounds. Uh, Tetris with Card Captor Sakura. Okay. So it's a unique Tetris game for the only released on PS One, to my knowledge, featuring uh, Card Captor Sakura. Yes. Or Sakura. Card or captors, a mystic adventure. Card captors, a quest or all time. That's all I can remember. That theme so I'm, I, I'm anticipating it's Tetris. Yeah, um, <laughs> with the weird little flying bear thing and her yeah, in pretty yeah. outfits. I yeah. assume. It's, what did you it's say? A nice box. What did you say the name so. of this website was, Tom Barry? Where you bought these? Well, the first game I bought was from Chuko Games through eBay. Okay. Chuko being C-H-U-K-O. So it's a, it's a French uh, seller, but I think they sort of ship directly from Japan. Yeah. And then the other one was Hit Japan, which I've bought a few games from before. And these are both uh, through the eBay platform. Core blimey. What's that, is... Tom? Tell us all about so... that exciting new thing. <laughs> Something else. Uh, I've been playing lately has been hacks of Sonic the Hedgehog games. <laughs> right. So uh, I got uh, the uh, what's it called on the uh, Mac? It's called Open EMU, and I've been playing uh, a few hacks of Sonic games on that. Okay. Cool. Uh, very enjoyable, I would say. It, it, some of them are more impressive than others, of course, as you'd imagine. But they yeah. actually just the act of downloading something without any idea what it's like, and then just trying it out. Uh, has been quite fun. Yeah. And I do like the ability just to plug in a PlayStation 3, con- sorry, PlayStation 4 controller into the uh, computer and play them like that. Yes. Uh, Sonic Pixel Perfect was particularly nice. Uh, not the greatest title, but actually a pretty good game. But did it do what it said on the tin? Was it Pixel Perfect Sonic? It was. It took like assets from Ristar. Okay. And uh, mix them into Sonic graphics. And the presentation, at least, uh, was incredibly nice. You know, when whoever was doing it, obviously, you've got some idea about uh, how uh, design, colours and graphics, and they knew what they were doing, where some of these hacks don't look so good. Yes, I've experienced that myself in the past. Uh, A very interesting game is Sonic the Lost Worlds. 
not Sonic Lost World, but Sonic The Lost Worlds, which is actually apparently made up of levels that were cut from Sonic 2. Okay, interesting. Uh, but the developer has only been able to recreate some of these levels based on screenshots. Right, okay. <laughs> so where some are directly from that um, version of Sonic 2, which never was released, Yeah. Uh, others are, you know, just, just look a bit ugly because... They've really just been created from the ground up and uh, just to replicate what the game should have looked like. I won't lie to you. I'm very disappointed that it's not actually a direct sequel to Jurassic Park, but starring Sonic. <laughs> Never mind. What would that be like? Yeah, Sonic riding a dinosaur. Sonic and dinosaurs. Sounds I mean, like Mario can game. do it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Sonic must have... Yeah, Mario's always had a history of dinosaurs, hasn't he? Yes. You know, from Yoshi to the TV series with the cavemen to the uh, latest Mario Odyssey. Super Mario World. World, yes. yeah. So, I mean, I've been enjoying playing a few games like that lately. Uh, also, I started to investigate the games of Christian Whitehead, who went on to develop a Sonic Mania program, that game. Yeah. Um, he'd done some other projects before that, which were kind of uh, his first forays into this engine he'd made that eventually you know became the basis for sonic mania yeah uh, and there's some very interesting games there that he's done um they're only available as demos right um as you hear me typing away on my uh computer you an idea uh christian whitehead sometimes known as taxman he's an australian programmer and designer there's a game called Retro Sonic, which you can go online and download a, a demo of. It's right. the first level of uh, an unreleased Sonic game, just to have like a proof of uh, concept, basically, okay. for this engine. And then later on, um, he worked to create a game called Sonic XD, I think it was called, which yeah, was another sort of I, fan project. I remember that coming out, yeah, not being that bad was pretty well received, right? You did finish that game, Sonic XD, from what uh, I remember. Sonic XD, I think, is... is I don't know. I've, I think I might only have demos of it. Uh, but there's a bit of a history, because there was Sonic XD, and then there was Retro Sonic XD, and then there was quite a few variations on that. Uh, when Christian Whitehead got involved, sort of the project evolved a little bit into um, yeah. another game. Uh, he's also apparently working on Freedom Planet 2 with Galaxy Trail at the moment. Okay. To be released on um, on PC in 2019. Okay. So I think he's definitely one to, to, to follow. Of course, Sonic Mania has been incredibly successful, to my knowledge at least. It was at least well received by critics. Well, and, I uh, mean, God, I think it sold well, well above expectations, especially yeah, as probably they had no budget. We're lucky enough now to get Sonic Mania Plus, I think, at the end of May. I think that's coming out. Yeah. Which includes apparently because new characters and some new gameplay modes and such. Yeah, but they're old characters, right? It's like one from. They're from um, a Sonic arcade game. It's Mighty the Armadillo and some Squirrel. Yes. And there was an arcade game that featured them. Obviously, before Mighty the Armadillo appeared in uh, Chaotix. Knuckles Chaotix. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, so I've been getting involved with the, the world of Sonic homebrews, hacks and such. You've fallen down that very darkest of rabbit holes. <laughs> Fun, you know, what can I say? I, I've been playing a lot of Sonic 2 lately and wanted to play more retro uh, Sonic, so... Yeah. I ended up going down that 
path. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, I've also been dipping in that of games on the Sega Mega Drive collection on the Xbox 360 and trying to get achievements for them. Okay. So, yeah, played a bit of Soul Calibur 2 HD on the PS3. You know, pick up and play things, mostly. Uh, I haven't really got stuck into anything particular, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm doing uh, some reviews for Blast Process as well, so... Uh, there's a game which I don't know if I can I can talk about yet that I'm playing. Ooh. Uh, that's to be released in May. Uh, I think it's released the 3rd of May. Okay, well, if you're not sure so... if you're allowed to talk about it, then don't. It's fine. But that's exciting, Tom Parry. You're under embargo. How does it feel to be living the retro <laughs> game journalist dream? Oh, it's great fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, only, I hope that, uh, you know... I get into the game because I've played a little bit of it. And, you know, when it's a little different from the norm, yeah, what I normally play, and at the minute what I normally play are fighting games and Sonic games. Uh, hey, now, you've <laughs> played some card Cardcaptor Sakura Tetris, I'm sure. When well, that I haven't arrives. got that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to have a, a bit more time with it. Uh, I said, saying this, I played a bit of it yesterday and ended up playing Tekken 7 online. Uh, after a while, because oh dear, uh, I felt Barry. the itch. I felt the itch. That's that's another thing I've been doing from time to time. Yeah, Tekken online. I I seen. I tried King of Fighters online. Everyone's too good. I tried Street Fighter online. A little bit more success than King of Fighters. Yeah, but Tekken seems to where I it seems to be where I can hold my own yes. in an online match. You are officially Tom Parry, Prince of the Iron Fist. I, w- I I you know I'm I'm getting there. You know I've got some. Uh, promotions in rank within Tekken. Yeah. So you're not the king yet, Tom. You need to get there. I'm though. not the king. Um, Unfortunately you're not Tekken wearing a, a leopard mask either, so you're definitely no. not the king. I did find that you can purchase the classic costumes though using in game currency. So you can make Jin look like he did in Tekken three and Kazuya look like he did, you know, in guess Tekken. And by that uh, do you mean like a low pl- a low poly mess. Oh no, not quite, no. Oh. So so don't tease me. That would in... be amazing if you could fight with all this crazy, like it's one of the best looking games on the system and then you just make, <laughs> render yourself as a PlayStation 1 sprite. Well, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that's happened because what is uh, Lara appears in her blocky form within Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. You've got the, the add-on for that. And of course, it's no spoiler to say we also get 64 version Mario within Mario Odyssey. Yes, too. I believe that the embargo on spoilers for that game has passed. <laughs> it's almost been a year. <laughs> oh, I, I, I still um, enjoy that game. Me too. I've been actually been meaning to go back and play some of Odyssey. I keep yeah, looking. Yeah, must do those balloon things. Yeah. Sort of, I keep know. looking at my Switch and going, oh, I need to jump on. I need to play some Soldam or something. I think uh, my Switch will be my console of choice when I'm doing the whole wedding thing, so I'll have a look at what's available for that, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good, Matthew. Uh, anything on the horizon coming out soon, apart from Yakuza? I was going to say, excited about... do you, do you realise what next Tuesday is? <laughs> it's got, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's here, you know. It is. Yakuza Christmas about. is almost upon us. Unfortunately, I've not had time to play any Nino Kuni 2. No. Or no. Fist oh, of yeah, the North that was Star. the game we were talking about last week. Because I've been it? very yeah. busy. Like, to be honest with you, I don't even know where the hell I'm going to fit in playing Yakuza. So let's see mm. how it goes. 
I was actually tempted to take Tuesday off to play Yakuza, but I'm not going oh, to. Oh, Matthew. I know. Can you afford to take a day off, yeah? I mean, Go on. yeah, of course, well, why not? You, but you, let's, you let's see if I need to take Monday off first. Let's let's okay. deal with that, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, have I been playing anything else? Yes, there is another thing I can mention where we're, where we're talking about games we've been playing. Uh, King of Fighters 97 Global Match came out. Yeah. On Steam and PS4. Yeah. Strangely, Xbox One, it's different King of Fighters releases than PS4. They usually end up coming out eventually on both formats. Same with uh, Switch, because Waku Waku 7 is now out on Xbox One, but not on PS4 yet. Oh, you... Oh, but I could <laughs> buy it on the Xbox One and then use my arcade stick. It, oh. There you go. It's available on Xbox One. Anyway, so I got King of Fighters Global Match. King of Fighters 97 Global Match. Um, unfortunately, the online was horrendous. Uh, the music stuttered. Everything stuttered. Not so much of a it. global match then, really. No, I couldn't. And I'm like, that was part of the reason I got it. Because it's like, oh, right. That was cool. Uh, it's probably because it's just come out. I thought it's going to have people playing it right now. Too so many, like, okay. it seems. Uh, otherwise, offline, it's fine. It's nice to have... Um, 97 is a good king of fighters. Another nice <laughs> copy of 97. I think I've got one on the Wii as well. but uh, And the Saturn. Uh, and the playstation 2 i've got it on oh, well. ps2 yeah yeah <laughs> on the uh the collection you can buy now i've always liked 97 96 is probably still my favorite i know many people would say 98 98 is holds a special place in my heart and 2000 uh, slugfest yeah and, and 2000 i guess uh was 2000 i got i think 2002 was another one of them ultimate match games where you yeah. had a lot of a lot of characters in it anyway i like fighting games you know i've you, you know that. <laughs> really? Probably uh, regular listeners to the podcast. So there's no surprise in I, I do play them from time to time. I'm very much looking forward to the Street Fighter collection that's coming out. Your taste in, in games is so weird, man. It's just like, in this... Co- in this You've mentioned, like, King of Fighters... <laughs> like, and generally fighting games and some quite obscure, like, very niche fighting games. Sonic Homebrew. <laughs> and Happy Feet. What's going yeah. on with you, Tom Barry? Are you okay? Well, you know, I've always had a diverse taste. You know, we were talking about Kinect games last week. Yeah, that's true. You dirty casual. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. God. Got to get the Eye of Judgment out soon. I've got that to play. Yeah. Get your Yu-Gi-Oh on. And time to do well. Yeah, one day I'll talk about a big release. Far Cry 5 came out, didn't it? It didn't, did, didn't yeah. I hear <laughs> that the game is good. I hear the story is not so good. Okay. I, I need to get our man on the street, Martin Fink's hot take on that, our good friend, Martin Fink. Oh, yeah, Martin does tend to, to enjoy the Far Cry games. At least he liked Primal, didn't he? He loved Primal when everyone uh, yeah. else didn't seem to love Primal. So I, I imagine I he'll it, have yeah. good things to say about 5. Uh, Final Fantasy as well, I think he played. He did, yeah. Me and him were both playing Final Fantasy fifteen at the same yeah. time. So, yeah. what about the Royal Edition content? Does that interest you, Matthew? I've got a space what... on that hard drive to even install no, any no. of the but DLC. But you, you played through that game and you got your seal of approval, did it? I got a platinum in that game, and that's yeah. how much I liked it. Yeah, must be a very special game for me to bother to get the platinum. Also, the the, the platinum oh, is actually achievable because. Sometimes I look at some of the Yakuza Platinums, I'm like, this is going to take about 300 hours. No thanks. Yeah. 
But let's see. I'm really looking forward to playing some more Ninokuni 2. I'm a bit gutted it isn't on the Switch because that could be a nice takeaway with me game. But yeah. Octopath Traveler will also be out by the time I need to do some travelling. So let's see how oh, that goes. How, how apt. Exactly. How apt indeed. I, yeah, so... Uh, oh, can I just say King of Fighters 97 is cross-buy. So if you've got a Vita... Vita, ta ta. Two, two, oh, ga- no. two games for the same price. And I stand corrected. I'll correct myself. Octopath Traveler isn't Sorry. actually out until the 13th of July. Boo. Oh, oh, you have to wait. I will. With bated breath for that one. Also, like The Witcher, Matt. There's a game. Witcher? I played a bit more of The Witcher 3. Let me put you in the picture. And I totally forgot how to, to fight in The Witcher 3. So when I had to kill some, uh, they weren't wolves, they were uh, naughty dogs, wild dogs. Wild um, dogs? They're dire wolves, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember any of the subtleties of the battling system and just mashed a button. Uh, but yeah, you've got two swords, haven't you, for two different purposes. Yes. I need to spend a bit more time As I with told the you, if you just put it down to easy, none of this matters. You don't have to worry, you can just mash X and kill everything. Um, one of them is your one of them is your sword sword. One of them is your silver yeah. sword for killing yes, silver like enchanted creatures because you can't... I did- yeah, mm. you can't harm I them do... with regular blades. Mm. The the game doesn't necessarily hold your hand really as well. I mean, sometimes I was just running through an environment and I fell off um, a bridge because I just didn't see it coming, you know, and to my death. So uh, sometimes uh, death can be quite sudden. It can in the Witcher yes. if if you're not looking where you're going. That's that true to life. Nice. I think you'll find <laughs> if you're not looking <laughs> yes. where you're going. It certainly is, but uh, you know. I've recorded some gameplay footage of The Witcher for my latest Paris pickups video, so uh, I definitely. And then I just got into um, playing a bit more of that. So yeah. If if I need a game like that to really sink into, and what I found about The Witcher actually was it's a bit like watching a comforting TV show. Being within the world, at least at the stage I'm in the game, it's actually quite a relaxing experience. It is. It's also an incredible narrative. So yes, I do. Yeah, you can. Take it at your own pace, at least uh, that's what I've experienced so far. The Witcher 3 is like the very good series of video game stories. Yeah. Um, there is also a, a PS4 Pro patch that was actually released, I believe, I've heard today this. or this yeah. week that apparently makes that game look incredible. So much so that I would probably consider, if I saw a PS4 Pro for cheap, now going, I could play all that Witcher DLC. Mm. Maybe I'll invest. I wonder... I wonder if the Xbox One is Xbox One X compatible. Uh, you assume so. I think that was one of the launch titles that was compatible mm. with the Xbox One X, which is probably why it's now on the PS4 Pro. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Uh, the Xbox uh, One has also it's been announced getting some more Xbox backward compatible games, I heard. Yes. Um... Including Panzer Dragoon Auto. Oh, really? Will now be playable on your Xbox One. Well, that's jolly, because yeah. I've got a copy of that here that I own, and I have a spare there copy, so hopefully the value will rise. <laughs> so you, you can play it. And, and also the Star Wars Battlefront games and Republic Commando is also backwards compatible now. Okay. Well, it's, it's all good, you know. It means you you don't necessarily have to have an Xbox original set up to. And or, God knows or I even don't. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> take a look at. Oh my yay, Jed Empire! I've had Jed Empire here for yeah. absolutely forever. Blinks Moral the Time Sweeper well, also yeah. conquers live and reloaded. If you have that, uh, SSX Three is a damn yeah. good game. 
That's a good one. Uh, yeah, Battlefront is going to be incredible. I really wish I had not sold my copy of Jedi Knight uh, because I could play that. And ah, The yes. Old Republic 2, Tom. About oh, that's fucking time. Good. Nice. Oh, and Republic Commando. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I said that one. <laughs> oh, but no, but just when it's coming down the list like that, Tom Parry, that's... Yeah. That's beautiful. So all of the original it, Xbox games that I've owned in some vain attempt to eventually play them, I can now play on my Xbox One. Well, I think that's what Microsoft must have been thinking. They must have been selecting these particular games because there was a, a, a an outcry for them. Core blimey, Charlie. I do believe I actually have Panzer Elite Action Fields of Glory somewhere because I bought the Game Boy Advance game and I thought, well, maybe one day I'll oh. have to play this. So I could give that a look as well. I'm Mercenaries. I'm Full Spectrum Warrior. God, that's a good list, Tom. You know what? Yeah. That's an all right list. I'm glad I mentioned it yeah. now. Hunter the Reckoning. <laughs> I have no idea what that actually is. I recognise the name. That's all right. Yeah, I think it's going to be all right. It's some sort of... Is that Headhunter? No, no, no. It's more like Diablo, I think. Oh, yeah, I think it's the same studio who did the the Buffy uh, games, if I remember. Interplay. Yeah, it's Interplay, Hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I I looked at that. I was like, wow, I don't recognise that cover. And then I saw the the PAL release of the cover, and it's a guy with a crossbow. Yes, I do. I do know this. Yes, they're actually uh, meant to be okay, those Hunter games. Yeah, there seems to be a few of them. There's a sequel on called Hunter the Reckoning Wayward yep. on the PS2 as well. And the GameCube, I think you can get one of them for the GameCube. It's at least. based on a role-playing game of the same name, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, developed by High Voltage Software, apparently. Cobbly me. High Voltage. Isn't that yes. exciting? Danger, danger. They, I played a game developed by High Voltage recently. Huh. Happy Feet Three. <laughs> There is no Happy Feet Three, sadly. Oh. I can only wait for a, for a sequel to Happy Feet, but without Robin Williams, you know, you've lost two characters. So yeah, you, you did two characters in that one. It's a shame. Oh, let's. Oh, let's. I'm sorry. There. Let's not end on that side <laughs> note. Let's bring it back, Tom Parry. Um, what are you looking forward to, other than Street Fighter coming out soon? <laughs> on Sonic Mania Plus as well. Yes. Are you and the Sega Me- and the Sega Mega Drive collection? Yes. Um... Other than games you already own. <laughs> Looking forward to coming out soon. Yeah, that's a good question because those three games are the only ones I've pre-ordered. God of War, no interest. God of War, I'm I'm interested, but you know I have said to myself just recently, I just don't tend to play big adventure games, and with The Witcher sitting here, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be buying any uh, at all. I don't think you. And I think, I, yeah, I think I should just tell myself no. Hey man, fighting games, platform games, arcade games, versions of Tetris—you know—they're my jam. Exactly. The you need to replay Kids the same games. games over and over again, and let, <laughs> and then some based on obscure animations. Yeah, yeah, and any big sort of adventure game other than Shemu Three, right? Uh, because of because you I mentioned this did you? every week that I'm playing through Shemu One yeah. at the minute. Did you back that on Kickstarter? Of course I did, Matthew. Just checking. So you've already paid for Shenmue 3 anyway. Oh, God, yeah. That's a point. <laughs> see? Um, so every cloud has a silver lining, Tom. It doesn't mean it's going to be any good, yeah. but let's see. Uh, I recently took part in the uh, hashtag campaign to get Shenmue HD released. I saw. There was a, well, 
Save Shenmue HD. See, Tom, this is how naive you are about the internet. You think hashtag campaigns actually do something. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just trying to get out there in the in the gaming community I'm, and show my love I for will, a franchise. I will check my Twitter because I'm very sure that the people who are very serious about having Panzer Dragoon Saga re-released are very happy about this auto news. I'm, they must be. Uh, yeah, it introduces the game potentially to a new audience because you can... As far as I'm aware, you can just download these games if you don't have the original disc, can't you? You can you can purchase them and download them. Yes, you can. That, yeah. that is an option. So that's that's another option you got. I wonder if Panzer Dragoon Auto has actually gone up in price since this announcement. But let's know. wait and see because I've been hurt before by promises of being able to play Panzer Dragoon Auto and backwards compatibility. Because God knows that oh, really? 360 version of that backwards compatibility is bloody terrible. Okay, well, usually with Xbox games, they, they, they make some marked improvements. I Panzer think, Dragoon um, Auto EA... is now £22 on eBay. It was a wow. fiver a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, wow. EA are um, saying some um, good things about SSX 3. They're really uh, um, saying it's a marked improvement. Yeah. The, the, because that game was uh, in some sort of high resolution on the original Xbox, and because not many people were connected... Uh, through um, component cable, I imagine. Yeah. They haven't seen how good that game can look. So This game has doubled in price. I mean, literally doubled in price in a day. It was going, yeah. it was going well, for around like 12 to £15 yeah. from the looks of things, and now it's selling for like 35 and up. This is because people want to play a physical copy. I guess so. Because um, they can download it. You know, that is an option, at least, if they really want to I think want people it. want to be able to put that disc in their system and claim they've owned it for years. Yeah. Oh, Taxi the Cat's yeah, ruffling a paper bag. I apologise if that's coming on the mic. I'm gonna. That's fun. I'm going to look at this. Yeah, Republic Commando has not raised that much in price, I guess, because that's been available on the PC for years. So was Orta, though, right? Hasn't... I, I don't know if Auto was ever on the PC. I think Panzer Dragoon Auto may be on Steam. Actually, okay. no. Okay. Or, or, or good old games, maybe. No, no, Steam, because Sega don't put stuff on. No, they don't. No. Uh, oh, they don't know. Said no, uh, Football Manager is on there, sorry. But Sonic, yeah. no Sonic games are on. Uh, Gone. No, no, no Panzer Dragoon Auto on Steam, actually. I tell a fib. I'm fibbing all over this podcast, Tom. Lied about release dates. <laughs> yeah, an amphibian. You're like a, like a big fish, man. There we go. There's a podcast time for you. Okay. <laughs> on that note, I don't think we're going to get any better than Amphibian. So let's wrap this up. If you've liked this podcast, you can let us know in a variety of places. Just like Taxi the Cat, you could attack a plastic bag and let us know that mm. way. Or you could, could go that. to twitter.com forward slash Tom and Matt attack as well as facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt attack. Leave us a little cheeky comment. You can do so also on blastprocess.com and on Tom and Matt attack.com forward slash podcast. Though I do believe in that now you need to leave an email address so you can't spam us or hack us. That'd be nice. If you're not a hacker, that'd be absolutely great. Other than that, you can listen to this podcast in a variety of places. Other than those mentioned, you can do so in iTunes and Stitcher. While you're in iTunes, please give us a cheeky rate to subscribe. Let us know that you're listening. Whoa, 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 to quote Jimmy Eat World. On that note, Tom Barry, I'm going to yeah. love you and leave you. I'm going to end this podcast and post it up. Taxi oh, the cat's going to knock oh. some more stuff over, and let's call it a day. What do we tell him, okay, Tom? Okay, Matthew. We say, game on. Damned right we do. 